Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! Alright, so my apologies for last week, but I had zero voice. You can still tell that it's probably a little lower than it usually is because I'm still suffering from a sexy sinus infection. That's right, ladies. How's your sinus infection? Anyway, this week I've got, sorry for that intro, Rhonda. I've got Rhonda Reed Roberts on the pod. There it is. Uh, Rhonda and I first met back in 2007 when I spent a year, my first year at Rowlett High School in Garland ISD. And regrettably, I left. Uh, I left that job because I really, really enjoyed teaching there. I really enjoyed teaching with Brandon T. Harina, who's now uh, kind of the man in charge in Dallas ISD. And I really enjoyed Dr. Hammerly, my first principal. She was like, that team spoiled the ever-living crap out of me, which I think I've talked about at some point on this podcast. But uh, I still, I've had some great principals, but I've never had a team of principals like that one, uh, like that group I had at Rowlett High School. And so anyway, um, but I that's how I met Rhonda uh, way back when. And, um, you know, now whatever it is, 16 years later, I'm having her on the podcast. So um, she's still doing her thing and uh, uh, killing it, if you will. And I was happy to have her on because I never really got to know her. Now, um, all of that said, I'm not going to do much of an introduction this week. I'm going to put another one behind the paywall because I've got definitely some things to say that um, uh, are going to, you know, uh, maybe be something that people should pay for. <laughs> Eventually, I think what I'm going to say in the long introduction will be uh, out in public and all that kind of stuff. But for now, um, this is all you're going to get. Uh, sorry, Bobby, I know you don't want to pay for it. It is what it is. Enjoy this week with Rhonda Reed Roberts. I am starting my 22nd year of teaching. Um, I taught the first 12 years at Lakeview Centennial High School which is in Garland ISD. I'm actually born, was born and raised in Dallas and um, moved to Austin uh, nine years ago when I got married. And uh, so I have been teaching now, starting my 10th year at Vista Ridge High School in Leander ISD. Um, I kind of have, I guess the beginning is kind of interesting because um I went to college for two years and then I took a four year break in the middle and was a store manager for Blockbuster Video. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I went to a theater acting college like my second year, got my associates and then was like, oh, let me try this acting thing for a while. But then it was like, I like bills paid, you know? <laughs> and so insurance, that's nice. And so I had been working at Blockbuster and they promoted me. I was like 21 years old, you know, not, should have not probably been responsible for a million dollar store. Um, and then, yeah, I did that for four years. And then, um, I went, ended up going back, started kind of going back to college, um, that last year there, and then, uh, finished up my last uh, two years of college worked tremendously hard. I, I, I will say like, I feel like the second time I went, it just like totally motivated me um, because I was older and just, I was paying, I was working four jobs and I had to like 
you know, do it all. And so, you know, I graduated summa cum laude, which I was just really proud of at the time, you know, at the time. And then I was like, oh, I have to get a job. <laughs> and um, I, inter I interviewed at two places and um, one was Saxe High School and it was just opening and I would have had to teach like four subjects. And then Lakeview Centennial is actually where I graduated high school. And I went in and had the most difficult interview I've ever had in my life. Um, and I thought, well, it's not happening. I've blown it. It's not going <laughs> to. Um, but I got the job. And that was my uh, first time. I was uncertified. They That was back when you had three years to get certification. And I, the, I didn't even start the program until my second year. And I had six theater one classes. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what I was doing. It was great, though. Um, I worked with the amazing David Kirsch. Um, and he, uh, I was the first full-time second theater teacher and I learned quite a bit from him and just the school and yeah. So that's kind of the beginning. Um, yeah. but yeah. What, when did know. you, when um, did you get like bit by the bug? When, when was your kind of like moment you realized oh, yeah. you love theater? So I, um, I started doing theater in elementary school okay. and just kind of fell in love with it then I just really enjoyed it I my mom was in principal and um I, I would you know kind of just get involved doing that I had a best friend too that I swear we acted everything out um on the planet and then middle school I got more and more into it and then and then I um in high school I actually had a different theater teacher every year it was a really bad experience and I think that's what motivated me to become a theater teacher because I wanted to do it right. I wanted to give my kids an experience I never had. And that's, that drove me just to never give up, um, to never fail. It's just that, but, uh, used to, yeah, I used to go to shows all the time with my parents. We had Dallas summer musical tickets yeah. and that was just kind of a thing we did together. But, um, and then I didn't know originally I wanted to teach, but I had been kind of helping at my mom's elementary school, doing some of the UIL theater elementary um, activities there. And that's when I was like, just started thinking about during those four years off, like I've always kind of been doing this and I come from an education background with my mom, my sister, you know, and so that's kind of where that started um, and all of that. And just, I think that's what made me never give up these past 22 years. Yeah. Um, so, cause it was just, you know, teaching us a lot sometimes. And um, I can't, I look at my journey and it's just crazy as far as like where I started and where I am now. And I'm so thankful I keep learning every year because right. I feel like I'm way better now than I was 22 I so. years yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, what did, what did your mom teach before she was a principal? She taught fifth grade. She actually taught the first integrated uh, classroom in Dallas. Oh. Um, yeah, so it was a it was right when integration started, and she taught one of the first classes. And she was one of the only teachers that would teach black students. Wow. So yeah, it was really yeah fascinating. But I never knew her as a uh, teacher. She was always a principal, right. and um, so yeah. But she's kind of in the history books a little bit, huh? I mean, yeah, she's part of that group. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That um, 
she anyways that class she always talked about she had like a football player come out of yeah. it she had a ceo she had a basketball you know just it was a it was a crazy time that's pretty cool um, yeah um my- and and when you were uh coming up to lakeview did you like when you interviewed there was it was it a place i know this is going to sound like a dumb question but was it a place that you wanted to work knowing that like was it more of a chip on your shoulder wanting to work at your alma mater or alma mater yeah alma yeah whatever anyway but uh did you have more of a chip on your shoulder to want to work there or was it like yeah you know take it or leave it kind of thing or i you know it's fascinating I, I I don't recommend this to anybody, but Garland IC was the only school district I applied to. Oh, all your um, eggs in one basket. Yeah, I did, and yeah. I think it's because my mom—that's where she'd been her whole sure. career. Um, that's where my uh, sister was teaching, and so it just felt like home. Yeah. Um, so I think it it felt fortuitous that Lakeview was available, um, and that it was kind of this program that I could develop and. Right carve out. And then of course I was working with, going to be working with someone that was very seasoned. Um, so no, I, I think, I guess I didn't feel that way. I think I just felt, you know, like how crazy is that to get to teach at the high school that you, and then also like, I still had teachers that had taught me that were there. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Did did you ever have a letter jacket? No, oh, okay. no, I, was say, I never had that. Whip out the old letter jacket, you know, years I later. I know. <laughs> I was, I was so anti-school spirit in high school, you know, it's like emo yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, we sat in the back, we did not get up for pep rallies, you know, yeah. just very anti-school spirit. So then that's funny. You know, you, yeah. You have to, you have to be school, school spirit once you yeah. <laughs> get yeah, as and, an educator. And, and, uh, you and I met when I, uh, you know, very briefly, obviously just for a year, I was at Rowlett. So and yeah. that's where I first started, but, um, you are one of the like three or four people, obviously I remember Brandon, but you're like one of the three or four teachers I remember from my time, uh, in Garland, one being, uh, Mikey Abrams, uh, of course. hard, hard to Iconic. forget. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, and you know, Libby, I remember, you know, Libby and, mm-hmm. and I still, still keep in touch, but, um, Same. but, uh, but there were very few people and that was my first year teaching. I mean, it was like, you were, you remember your first year. A lot of people do yeah. as much as you try to forget it, you can't, but, no. uh, but you, for some reason you left a lasting, uh, impression on me. And, uh, oh. I think it was just, and not in a bad way, <laughs> 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 but I think it was just how you kind of, you were just, you were very, this I know this podcast is about you telling your story, but I'm going to tell you a little bit just to build you up. But um, you, I, this is going to sound negative, but you were you were no nonsense, but you were no nonsense in a very respectful kind of like welcoming type way. Like I did not feel less than uh, mm-hmm. you know talking to you uh, because I was my background had nothing to do with UIL, and so you know mm-hmm. the only time a lot of us interacted was competition, right? And right. so it's very easy to make somebody, especially somebody new, feel like, oh, come on, you, you know, you'll figure it out, whatever, you know, and uh, you didn't do that. So um, I appreciated your, that, that memory of, of you, whether it's true or not. I mean, that was tw- almost 20 <laughs> years ago, 
<laughs> so I could just be making things up, but, <laughs> but anyway. I, I have only positive memories of you. So <laughs> well, thanks. yeah, I had a good time. I, I did not want to leave that school. I really enjoyed it, but, um, That's a good school. yeah. So you made it to Austin, uh, into, yeah. into a district that you either die or retire from like, it's, you know, so what, what was, what's the story of, of kind of how, if you can share it of how you yeah. got that gig. This is kind of fun. Um, so Lakeview was considered cursed. Yeah. I mean, they did not get out of district. And it's it opened in 76, and it did not get out of district until the year we went to state. Mm. And it was wild. And it was just such a beautiful, wonderful story. It was an amazing group of kids. Um, Tim Doyle and I were both going to be leaving because he was going to another school and I was getting married. And so there was just, there's so much swirling with it. But um, my husband was living in Canada at the time. Um, and so we kind of both ended up, he had been in and out of Austin and the job offer that he got in Austin was just better than the one in Dallas. And so I finally like kind of gave in and said, okay, we'll try Austin. And my first interview was at Temple High School um, with Natasha. And I'm really glad it, and Brandon, uh, and I'm really glad I, I was totally not qualified for that job. I'm not, um, I'm not a really good, I can do everything tech, but building. And so they needed, anyways, that was not for me, but it was a great first interview after 12 years. So then I applied at Leander ISD and they had, um, and I didn't know this at the time, but they, before me, they had interviewed 12 people. And, um, I, my principal, that's my current principal, Paul Johnson, he knew I was coming down for state. And he said, can you do an interview while you're here? And Tim and I talked about it and he was like, we both agreed that it wouldn't be good for the kids to do that, you know, try to fit that in, not just spend the time with them. So, and back then, you, you know, we, anyways, you, if you, if you know, like state was a little bit crazier, we started at like three in the morning. We had this meeting anyways, it was lovely. Um, so we went all day, got our critique at like two in the morning and then drive back with our kids. And then I slept for a few hours and my, my husband, soon to be husband drove me back down to Austin. And so I interviewed, um, and I, the interview was amazing. Uh, it was really, really great. Um, my principal asked me, why should I hire you? And I was like, cause I'm awesome. Um, and so I walk out of my, after this interview and I walk out and I'm sitting on the steps outside the school and waiting for my husband to pick me up. And, um, my was going to be my tech director comes out and he goes, it, it's going to be you. And I, and it was just, it just felt like I'm a person of faith. So it just felt like such a God moment because I'd finally given into this. And then this school was only like 10, 15 minutes away from our house. And it just kind of all fit in place. And I didn't know, you know, I found out later that he'd interviewed and rejected so many people. Um, and of course he told me later, it's because he felt like I was sane, <laughs> which just cracks me up. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, as theater teachers and theater yeah. people can be intense for other people that are not um, but it just, um, it was awesome. It was yeah. just, it's a great school. I was blown away with the facilities and, um, storage space, which is, you know, always yeah. kind of nice, but, but yeah, that's kind of how it, I just told, I 
threw in the interview, but didn't think I would get it. Um, and so that was just kind of, it was just so awesome to get that. And it was the second interview and, and now I'm like, this is my 10th year. I'm yeah. starting there. It's just wild. It so, does. Yeah. I, I do kind of remember around the time that you left Lakeview, um, which I know sounds creepy, but I, I, for some reason I have a very, uh, rain man esque type memory when it comes to like theater educators in Texas. Don't ask me why, but anyway, um, and, uh, uh, it was, what was the point I was trying to make now? I don't even remember, but I just remember that time, whatever backing up. I'm not going to delete that. I'm an old man. Remember, yeah. Remember you leaving. (laughs) Whatever. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I need to take my pills, but, um, but I've, I've shared this story before on here, uh, in regards to kind of your interview of not being, you know, the, 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 of being the most quote unquote normal, if there's such a thing for theater educators. (laughs) I know. Yeah. But, uh, when I interviewed at Dulles, um, uh, I got the job because the principal said you, you got the job because when I asked you what makes you different than other theater teachers, you said you don't own scarves or cats. And he thought that that (laughs) was, he thought it was a pretty, pretty good, pretty good answer. Um, and it is what I said. I, I don't, I don't remember it uh, very well, but obviously I don't remember lots of things, but anyway, um, but yeah, so, so it, you know, it goes along with that same theme. So, uh, no, I love that. I love that. Cause you know, principals just want, they just want to, what I, at least my principal, I, I know it's not this way everywhere, but he is such an amazing like servant yeah. leader principal and he trusts us to be experts yeah. in our area. And it, I just, it's awesome. It's, I couldn't have landed at a better school. Yeah. It, well, it's so. one of those things that, and I know right now there's a teacher shortage. And so I get, mm-hmm. I get that, that sometimes a principal just needs a warm body, but the, the team that they hire is a reflection of them. You know, so, uh, it's, it always baffles me when they just pull in some random schmo that's like, I just need a job and they're just trying to fill it. You know, they're trying to, uh, cross off another task, you know, um, uh, for the sake of crossing it off, but it's not always longevity wise. It's not always the best, best solution. Um, I've got to talk about your blockbuster, (laughs) blockbuster days. (laughs) First of all, did you have you seen that documentary of I I, I think it's called like the last blockbuster. The last or something blockbuster. Like that. Yeah, yeah. You know I haven't, and I and I people have told me about it, and yeah. I even have a, a high school friend, or actually he's one of my longest friends from elementary school, and he was like, "Have you seen it yet?" And we both worked at Blockbuster, yeah. and um, I was like, "No, I haven't seen it yet," and um, so I I know I need to. Um, I, I had a kid walk in one day with a blockbuster T-shirt on, and I'm just yeah. like, "Wait, it's retro." And he's, yeah. I need, I need you to stop for a minute. Can I take a picture of that? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. But what? yeah, no, I, uh, I was like, I was one of the youngest store managers and I started as a customer service, yeah. you know, rep and I was at a franchise. So we actually had to wear like long sleeve shirts, suspenders, ties, like yeah. the whole thing. And then, yeah, worked, worked my way up. Jim McCoy, um, yeah. was my district manager actually for a long time. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that about yeah. Jim. Okay. Yeah. So did, yeah. so were you there? I don't want you to date yourself. You can it's lie okay. to me, but were you there during VHS or DVD days? Oh, definitely both. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. DVDs were becoming more and more, uh, prevalent, but yeah, we still had VHS and we had, you know, like you could rent Sega systems and then yeah. like, right. 
they gave us Nintendo 64s as store managers. So like, that's how I got my like a gift Nintendo. as a gift. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. So, I, I think yeah. the, I think the best game ever created is on Nintendo 64, which is Goldeneye, James Bond. But oh. anyway, that's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you so, so yeah. <laughs> so like I then, okay, I've got quite, I see, this is what I told you when we started that my, okay. my brain may go completely astray from uh, uh, theater and education. But when it comes to Blockbuster, like the whole like be kind, rewind thing, uh, oh, yeah. what was that like? Was it a, it wasn't a pain to just put the thing in the little, it always looked like a car to me, the little rewinding, uh, yeah. you know, thing. But, uh, like, I mean, like, was that really, was it really that big of a deal? If, yes, <laughs> yes, it was because you'd only had like two or three of those machines. Yeah. And then if you got in like tons of them, then you can't just immediately reshelve them. Yeah. Um, so oh, that was always, yeah. Dreadful. Yeah. I, yeah, I was there when Titanic came out uh, and we did a midnight release and, um, people got these, like, you had to go out ahead of time and yeah. they had to get these tag. I mean, it was this two set VHS. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I was re- a big deal. Yeah. I've, I mean, I remember very vividly, like, I don't remember which movies, but you go and you like like it was a big deal to see what the new movie was that was out and, you yeah. know, and it would have a, a wall completely devoted to that one movie. And, you know, I remember back when the tape was still there, whereas they started transitioning to like, you had to go get the tape from the counter uh, or you took like a little card up and uh, for the new yeah. movies, not the, not the like, you know, Casablanca, but um, yeah. anyway, Blockbuster was a hoot, man. There uh, it's, there's a video store not too far from where we live now uh, that sells it because it's retro, you know, what's, what's old is new again. So, um, of course. but, uh, but anyway, that's, that's wild. What's, what's yeah. something go, go. No, I was just going to say, if you, if you look up their website now, it says like it's active again. Oh yeah. It's got this little message. Okay. So I'll, I can't remember what it says, like coming, coming to you soon. So I don't know if they're relaunching in some way, shape or form. It's like Toys but- R Us. Toys R Us went away, and and then, and then now, and it's, now back. it's back again. Uh, <laughs> what were you gonna uh, say? I was gonna ask, like, if there's any like secret, like, what's like a a weird secret about Blockbuster? Um, we are working on rewinding your movie. That's what it says. <laughs> yes, yeah, and that it's, and it's like alive again. It's the logo. I know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, so. here's a here's a weird a weird secret I can tell you. Yeah. Um, so. There were employees would um, try to steal um, by they would know exactly, okay, your movie is 375 or two movies is whatever. And so they would not scan the movies and then they would pocket the money and then the movie would go out, but it wasn't checked out. And then it would come back in and that's how you would find out that somebody was stealing. But that that happened more often than not. That's like the, in the, I've never worked in the service industry, but I've heard rumors of like people, people order a Coke, right. Or a, or a drink and they don't put, um, they, there's something about like not being on the ticket or something, but the person pays, I don't remember what it is, but, but there was like all this like underground stuff about, uh, ordering drinks. There's even a musical that includes that. That was just at the alley, but yeah. Um, (laughs) but, but anyway, 
Oh, that's crazy. They also all had two-way mirrors. So, like, the office would have a two-way, or not uh, a two-way mirror, but a one-way mirror to where yeah, you yeah. could see yeah. what was happening. That was always entertaining. Wow. Okay. Did you, yeah. like, did you ever get, you know, Blockbuster transitioned into, like, selling toys a little bit and all that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. Like, were you ever... Like, were you ever part of the decision-making process when it came to what your store... No. Okay. The inventory? Not, no, not really. I mean, they, yeah, they didn't really tell you that. gave it to you. Yeah. And at the end, it just got really bad because that was when they were starting to decline and it became all about the bottom, like, number and not customer service anymore. And it was like, how fast can you... Yeah, and if I had to make one more phone call to someone asking them to pay their yeah. late fee. <laughs> we were always good about it. That's um, my favorite. Yeah, have favorite. it in the little like laminated card. But all right, enough about Blockbuster. So you okay. uh, <laughs> you got uh, you had an untraditional path with how you got into theater education. But the, one of the more unique things that you mentioned is how you got certified or uh, the time it took, you know, the, or the time you were allotted, not really the time you took, but the time you were allotted to get certified. Yeah. Was there, was there a positive that came out of that experience out of you kind of like being thrown to the fire and getting certified later after later. You know, a, a year or so after you had already kind of like gotten your feet wet? You know, it's funny. I felt like, so I started it my second year and by so I'm going through these classes and I'm thinking and they're teaching me all these things about behavior management and you know like how to handle these structures and I was like none of this is valid yeah. for theater yeah <laughs> no yeah it was um I was like it just it was so odd that I was like the only thing I wish that I had done is if I had student taught so yeah. I never student taught and so I never got to see kind of what it was like because you can talk all day in a class, you know, in a class about what it's going to be like, but until you experience it. So it kind of felt like a little redundant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I remember the one thing kind of going, um, you know, just paperwork was really like trying to organization wise. I think they was kind of helpful with that. Because yeah. um, I didn't even take my tests and until that second year too, which was kind of, yeah. kind of wild. So, and I, I guess too, like for myself, that first year was really, really hard because I was the first full-time teacher, um, that they'd ever had second full-time. And the three years prior to that, they had somebody quit every year, like either halfway through the first semester or at, um, at semester. So they had just watched movies. So they came in with this expectation and, they were, it was really hard that they were like, this person is trying to do something or develop something. And, um, I mean, I cried a lot after, at the end of the day, I would sit on this little stage in my classroom and David Kirsch would come sit next to me and he would say, please don't quit. Please don't quit. And I think it just taught me how strong and determined I was to not give in and that I could do anything. Um, so then when I went into that, you know, teacher training, it was like, Oh, I've already, Oh yeah, that I've already done that or yeah. that I've already accomplished that, or I've already run into that. So it was kind of interesting. That's, I don't, they don't really let people do that anymore. Right, no. Yeah. Do, you have to get it within that first year. So do you think or know that people were quitting because 
there was not really any sort of uh, longevity to a teacher? Because I feel like how you kind of just described it was a teacher came, they left, a new teacher came, and because the kids weren't trusting, you know, that because the kids don't trust you right away. I mean, I don't care yeah. how cool of a teacher you are, or how good you are. There's still an element of like, you know, sniffing it out. But sure. um, because it ended up becoming this class of, uh, you know, we're not actually doing theater. It's not structured, blah, blah, blah. So when you came along, it was teacher falling, teacher domino falling one after another, but maybe they were falling because the previous one still had not set up standards and practices kind of thing. And so maybe that's what you yeah. ended up bringing. I don't know. I feel like I, you know, I, I think also, cause we just had a halftime teacher that was half English, half theater yeah. as a third I just think that's hard. Yeah. It, it's tremendously hard to be pulled in two total different directions. So I think it was just very uh, challenging, especially if that person did. Right about here is when Rhonda kind of dropped out. I tried to get her back. I wish I could tell you what she ended up saying, but we're just going to pick it up awkwardly right here. Earn it. And once you earned it, man, they would do anything for you. They yeah. would fight for you. And I think that's, I guess that's what I saw as I didn't, they couldn't break me, um, was a big part of it. I, I wouldn't give up on them. Um, just, I mean, I was shocked the first time I had a kid just sit down and tell me I barely knew them. And all of a sudden they started telling me their life story Yeah, and just, I mean, very like personal things. And I just was like, wow. Um, and it's in my, it's kind of going off topic a little bit, but my second year is why I had figured out like kind of everything that had happened in my life and why, why I was teaching and what the purpose was when I had this girl, she was like kind of a triple threat, just so talented, so amazing. She was in a really bad car accident and her leg was almost completely ripped off. And, um, yeah. And, um, I, uh, I was sitting with her in her hospital room in the middle of the summer and she finally like allowed herself to grieve and just like being there for her, um, and telling her how we were going to adapt things for her. I don't know. It just finally made sense why I was there, what the purpose was. And I think that's why I've never given up is I want these kids to know one, how unconditionally loved they are. Um, and just to be that consistent person for them. Cause a lot of them didn't have that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I get that. Uh, do you, do you think it was like, uh, what do you think it was about you that ended up becoming something that they trusted? And I know you sort of just touched on it a little bit, but, uh, I mean like what was your kind of, uh, your tech, not technique, but your, your way of going about business, I guess. I think, I think for me, just, I always wanted to be listened to. I just wanted someone to listen and care about me. And, and then to know that, man, they've also gone through something difficult. Like we all go through, it's so unique. So one person's story is so different from the others, but to generally look at someone and go, I know what that's like. I, it's not the same, but I feel like that's part of it. I've always also been one of those people that talk to anybody. I just um, have no fear. I just start 
conversations with anybody. And, um, and I love hearing people's stories and, um, you know, what better to hear a story from a kid that is such different background than you. I don't know. Right. Is there good? No, I was just saying, that's the only thing I can think of. Um, yeah. Why? But is there something you do now that you wish you had done back then that, uh, you could have helped. And and I know the answer is probably quite a few things, but, uh, that you think would have, would have also kind of helped with making you, a more trusted and strong and, uh, effective educator and, and kind of mentor to the kids? Um, I wish I had been more on time. <laughs> it's like a big, like, you know, my school started at seven thirty in the morning. It was very early. Um, and I've never been a, a, you know, I've always struggled with that. And I, now I'm like, it's so important. I got to get there on time. I got to be there early. I got to be consistent. Um, so there's some of that, that I wish I had been a little bit, um, better at, uh, with them. And then just like, uh, I don't know. It's so, I, I, sometimes I'm like, I can't blame myself for this, but things have changed so much in 22 years, um, of education. And so, um, I guess I'm just thankful that I've been open to learning about different cultures and backgrounds and, you know, kids with different identities and that kind of stuff. Cause you know, when I was first teaching the first few years, some kid asked me to call them celery and I was like, are you kidding? Like, but you know, it wasn't a thing like it is now where kids like they, they express themselves differently and they have names they want to be called and they're important. And so I wish I had never dismissed a kid that was like, Hey, I want to be called this different thing. If that makes sense. Like, um, yeah. had just been more open to some of that stuff Yeah, at the time. I get just, that. But that's part of the learning and growing process. Yeah. I think also it's become normalized. I mean, it's like now it's, that's true. now it's, uh, I don't know about Texas where you are maybe so, but this, yeah. the state is, uh, you know, when it comes to that kind of stuff, not exactly progressive, but, um, but I think it's also just, yeah, now it's like, it, now, now that sometimes someone is offended when you don't make a, a deal out of them being uh, something that you don't perceive them to be, if that makes sense. So uh, it can be like, uh, why aren't you giving me the attention that I, that I want? It's like, because it's normal now, because you're allowed to be whoever you want to be, and um, no one should tell you any different, and, and sorry that it's every day. <laughs> you yeah. Know, sorry that it's and, normal. Yeah. Yeah. No. And the other, cause the other thing is I was such a rule follower, not that I'm not now, but yeah. I was, they, they, man, they pushed that dress code so hard. And <laughs> I was like such a, I was such a dress code, like follower, like it has to be this way. Our dress code was pretty strict too. Right. And, and then I got to my new school at 95% of the kids were out of dress code. So I was like, I'm done. Yeah. And it was so freeing to just, uh, to kind of not stress about it. And, yeah. um, so I think I wish I had not been so black and white about that, right. you know, right. but it wasn't important. It was more important was connecting with the kids. Is there anything you miss about Garland, East Dallas, Dallas, whatever? Yeah, I do. I, 
I, uh, I really missed the diversity of my school when I got to my new school. Yeah. We have a, a different, total different kind of diversity as far as social economic. It is a very nice um, mix there, but I definitely miss that type of kid that yeah. is just like, they would die for you. You right. know, I literally had kids hold other kids back that I was breaking up a fight and this kid was protecting me from the other. I didn't even know. Right. Um, there's something about that bond you have with those kids that have just been through so much, but, um, so I, I miss that a little bit, but it's totally different now. You just had yeah. to, I just had to learn to adapt, but I miss the, uh, some of the cultural things that are in Dallas. I miss like all the like museums and yeah. the aquariums, the Dallas theater center. And we were part of the Dallas theater center program where we always got to go. We had the grant to go see their shows each year. And, um, I, man, I miss that. Um, Austin is awesome, but it's yeah. in a different way. You know, everybody's outdoors right. all the time. Like I moved here in the summer and everybody was outside walking their dogs at like <laughs> noon. And I was like, doesn't, don't you people have jobs? Like what is happening? Yeah. It's, so it's so different. It's so outdoorsy. I mean, there is good theater here, but it's, it's just different. It's yeah. not. Um, so, and then, um, so I miss those kind of some of the cultural things and my family. I have yeah. a lot of family in the area and former students. And so kind of miss, I miss that part of it. Yeah. So yeah. Aust Austin yeah. theaters, except for maybe like the long center, but Austin theaters, very, uh, experiential. Um, like they, they do, or the, or new, you know, they do a lot of new plays yeah. and, and, uh, you know, push their, push their playwright friends <laughs> and stuff like yeah. that. Whereas yeah, Dallas, I mean, Zach, Zach theater is also awesome. Oh, yeah, Zach's, but, yeah. yeah. But again, even yeah. Zach isn't the more, isn't as traditional as as one no. might think but no. um but yes I, i'm not knocking the quality i'm just you know dallas theater dallas theater center dallas summer musicals or whatever uh all, of, the, that, all yeah. of that stuff it's all like you know the typical stuff oklahoma and you know <laughs> you yeah know, yeah some things yeah. off uh, the broadway tours and stuff so yeah but yeah. i mean i feel like it's grown tremendously since i've been here and yeah um they have any just actually saw Beauty and the Beast last night and a former student was playing Belle at the, the Zilker Theater is a big yeah. summer program, but they just uh, have a South now okay. um, kind of a Zilker, but it's called Magnolia Theater, but uh, musical theater, but it was awesome. Okay. It was really good. It's a good show. Um, when you moved to the Austin area, was there any mindset change when it came to your approach to one act play and UIL now that you were like kind of, not only in a I, not Garland is very competitive. Don't get me wrong, uh, and it's a large district. Uh, but now you're kind of like in these, in this district and by district that is just that much more competitive because it's oh, like yeah. it's the home base, you know. And um, was there was there a little bit of uh, you 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 kind of you kind of plan to go at it like a juggernaut, or did you keep your same? <laughs> you know, did you keep your same? sort of approach or, or how did that, how did that work for you? I think there was so much pressure after you've been to state, there's so much pressure to get, to get that same level and quality and magic that happens. Cause it's, i truly feel sometimes it's just magic. It's, you know, luck of the, you know, draw sometimes. Um, and, uh, so I think I put a lot of pressure on myself at a new school and because I had, 
just gone and wanting to kind of push myself in that way. So I think, um, I think I pushed harder than I, I would have if I'd been at my old school, which Lakeview actually the year after went to region. Um, so, and, uh, so yeah, so it was a lot of pressure and I went into a district that was God, you know, you had Linda major and Jerry Blake and these legends that had been there for a really long time. And, um, it was intimidating. It was definitely like intimidating. And we had a, a, a nine, eight or nine zone or nine, eight or nine school district. And that was before, um, we went to three schools advancing. It was still two schools. So that very, yeah. So that very first, so I, I really wanted so much to prove myself, but then I think that I over, overdid it in a way, if that makes sense, because, um, because of that. So that was, that it was an eye opening experience. We were alternate that. So if we had been the three school, I would have advanced, but, (laughs) um, I know, but it, it was a good lesson in like, okay, here's what I'm up against. Here's what I'm facing. Um, this is how everybody is. They were very kind, um, which was really nice, um, uh, and helpful. So yeah, and my district has changed so much since then yeah, too. Since, so. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh and and Destiny Miller, who just, you know, left the classroom and was at state yeah. uh seems like a hundred years in a row. But um yeah, so she good. <laughs> she would she would constantly say that, you know, the pressure is is a lot greater when you've gone after you've gone to state, um, because the expectation has just been lifted, right? Um, yeah. been raised up and, you know, nobody has ever done what she's done, but, uh, but whatever she obviously rose to the pressure, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I get it. You know, I've never, I've, I've been to state to watch, uh, but I've never, uh, competed and, um, and I worked state one year. So, you know, I kind of experienced it a little bit, but, um, I can imagine that it's, uh, uh, it, it puts a lot more pressure on you as, as a, as an educator. So yeah, Yeah. I can only imagine. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing, like Round Rock High School, which we compete with, I mean, you know, they both had not, I mean, they had never been to state before and they've been teaching 10 years longer than me, Charles and Joanna. Like I just was like, did not realize that how, you know, how long the school hadn't been, they've never been. So like for me to go after 12 years of teaching, I just, you just feel so blessed yeah. to have that. And then there are some educators that are brilliant that never make it. Right. And it shouldn't define our worth. Right. I think that's the, the UIL can be the worst thing on the planet sometimes right. because of, of it feeling like you're worth. But I also wouldn't give it up for anything because I feel like that's why theater is so awesome in our state right. is because we have the system. Yeah. Um, and it's so important for that reason. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. Um, so I want to kind of get you out of here on this. Okay. Uh, uh, it's a question that I guess it's kind of becoming my thing that I asked this question at the end, because as I've started recording this quote unquote season, I think this is the only question I've asked everybody. So maybe it's just like the question of the, of this, the theme of this, uh, this particular session of, of recordings. But if you were to go back and, uh, and we've already sort of talked about this, but if you were to go back and tell your first year self some advice besides be on time or whatever, um, 
something to kind of help you uh, calm yourself and stay uh, sane, uh, stay grounded, stay uh, whatever other adjective you want to use. Um, what kind of advice would you tell yourself? So a couple of things. The first thing, my mom, my mom's advice, uh, and I tell new teachers this all the time. Um, my mom always said that the reason she stayed in education as long as she did was because she knew that at least every year she was going to change the life of one student. And I, I wish that I had believed that and fully been into that and understood that at the beginning, that every year you can change a life and you will at least change one life that year. It's a guarantee you're going to do that. Um, and I think the other thing would just to be to remind myself of theater magic. And even today, sometimes, you know, I'm in a rehearsal and it's two weeks out and I'm like, this is a disaster. What am I doing? What is this? And just to constantly, but I always stop now and remind myself of that. And I wish, but back then I, it was a struggle to kind of have that self-confidence and the belief in yourself. And, um, and then, so now I just wish I could go back and just remind myself, like there is magic in theater and it, things just have a way of coming together, um, and happening and just, I guess the impact you're having on students by here's this like amazing thing that we do. And then here's a deadline. And no matter what you have to meet that deadline. And I just, the life skills that we give them, I think just that, yeah, that, and there's, yeah. How much. <laughs> I love it. Minor wisdom. 